0: And Before you know it, you start to get comfortable with with being uncomfortable and I think that's the point in my life that I've reached now is I'm riding this wave of just like completely out of my comfort zone and it feels incredible like that almost becomes an addiction in and of itself.
1: You're listening to The Recovered Life Show, the show that helps people in recovery live their best recovered lives. And here is your host, Damon Frank. Welcome back to the Recovered Life Show. I am thrilled to be joined today by Tamar Medford. Tamar is a relapse uh, strategist. She helps people stop the relapse, right, before it happens. Welcome to the show, Tamar.
0: Thank you so much for having me here, Damon. It's awesome to be here.
1: Now, I said that right. You, you, your, your specialty is to stop that forward momentum of a possible relapse, right?
0: That's right. Yeah. That's what we really need to get to, right? It's how do we stay recovered?
1: That's it. That's absolutely it. And why I'm so thrilled that you're here today is the topic that I have picked to talk with you about, because you are such a perfect person to do this, your life in recovery, which you'll explain a little bit of and your path being sober is just really incredible. And it really boils down to purpose, right, Tamar? It really comes down to finding your purpose in recovery. And so many people struggle with that. They either don't know what their purpose is or when they find it, they don't know what to do with it.
0: Absolutely, and it you know for me, it was really looking back on the life that I had created for myself. I always thought that would follow me around in a negative way, right? Because whether we like it or not, Uh, you know, addiction has this stigma attached to it. And so as I went through early recovery, built that foundation for myself, I kind of thought, now what? Like I didn't go through 22 years of addiction to do nothing with it, right? And as we know, when you give back, you get so much more in return. And so I started to explore that, right? Because I wanted to change my recovery. I wanted to wake up every day with a sense of purpose, a reason for being. And that is why I started seeking out my own purpose.
1: Yeah. And I think, you know, what's so incredible about your story is the sense of purpose really helped you get long term sobriety, right? Yeah. Like you were moving towards something. And I think without that, I think it does put people in. A position where they could relapse right because it's like every day becomes the next day and there's no real long-term reason to stay sober
0: yeah absolutely it's i think it changed my recovery right because like i said i had these limiting beliefs like this this well i had this desire to do something more with my my life i just had no idea what that more was or how to get it And so that's when somebody's like, well, what is your purpose? Like, what are you here for? And I'm like, that's a really good question. And when I started to do that, you know, self analysis, I started learning things like the Ikigai concept, which is a Japanese philosophy on how to gain your purpose. I started looking into that, like, what am I good at? What do I love? What is my calling and what does the world need more of? I put that all together and I thought, I wanna help other people for a living. And all of a sudden I went from that person on Sunday that got super anxious about having to get up on Monday and check that email, right? Going back to the nine to five grind, doing something that didn't fulfill me. I had a really good job, but I wanted more than that, right? And all of a sudden discovering my purpose, I started to get out of my comfort zone a little bit, right? I started to try new things that really scared the crap out of me and that completely started to shift my recovery because all of a sudden there was no way like i was creating a life so good for myself that i didn't want to go back to my old way of living
1: yeah because you know i think when everybody first gets sober the situation typically is so bad even if physically it's not bad emotionally it's bad it's hard right life is hard day to day and when you finally get to a place that has some consistency something where you're actually, you know, you wake up every day, you know, where you're going to be, life is good, right? The last thing that you want to do is kind of challenge that because I mean, don't you really feel like, didn't you feel that, Hey, I'm going to just spin off into chaos. If, if I make too many changes all at one time.
0: Oh, totally. And I'm an all in kind of person. I mean, for me, in my history, it's like, oh, something new, big shiny object, right? I got to go after it, burn out, hit the wall, get up, start all over again. And so I knew that I had to take this in bite-sized chunks, right? And so what I started to do is look for people who were doing the things that I was really kind of aspiring to be. And not only that, but looking for people who had what they wanted, right? It's not only look for people who have what you want, it's look for people who have what they actually want. And I started boring their habits until they became my own, because that was very powerful, right? That, that allowed me to gain that momentum. And so every step I took, I would take, you know, take a minute, take a breath, turn around and look at how far I'd come. And I started to accomplish things that I never thought possible, right? I mean, I never did really well in high school. And I decided to write two books in less than one year and have them published and then becoming, you know, bestsellers on Amazon. I would have never imagined that to happen, but it was because I started taking these small steps and guess what? It lit me up even more. And I'm like, what, what, what else can I do?
1: Yeah. I, I love that how you're so excited about what you do. And I, I you know, I found as an entrepreneur and being self-employed and working for myself is like, I remember going in and working for other people and, you know, punching the clock and doing that and knowing that that wasn't my purpose. That I was supposed to be creating companies and doing different things, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I I knew it. And it's it's interesting because I knew that I kind of knew what my per- purpose was pre getting sober, right? But I could never get there, mm-hmm. you know, until I got sober. I could never really get there. Yeah. But now, once you know, I was sober. It was like, wow, I clearly knew what that was, right? But I, I also understand too, from just, you know, life and having friends and talking with people that not everybody knows what their purpose is. And I'd love for you to talk about that real quick, because, you know, this is so great about, your you know, your coaching and as an author, you dive into this a lot about, you know, how do you really piece together what is your purpose? Because a lot of people, they're sobered up now, you know, they're two to three years in recovery you know, they feel that, you know, body parts aren't falling off. They don't have the drama that they used to, but they still are like, you know what, man, I just, I really don't know what my purpose is.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's a great question. So, you know, first of all, I think that what people need to understand in recovery, we're resilient, right? When we, when we take a good look at what we've overcome, we're resourceful, we're resilient. We have all the skills within us to change our lives, right? And in fact, our past can actually be the key to discovering what our purpose is. And, you know, I mentioned briefly the Ikigai concept, and I kept that, I, it was very simple and, and very easy to understand and put together when I first learned it. But I started to ask myself, you know, okay, what am I good at? Right? And I started to list that. And I thought, okay, I'm going to take that one step further. I'm actually going to text three people that I know, and I recommend that everybody does this, and ask them, like, you know, maybe mention a little lead up, like I'm doing some, you know, personal self assessment, self discovery. If you were to come to me for any type of advice, what would that advice be? Right? And you will probably be very surprised at what you get back, because this is how you show up on the outside. Right? So add that to your list. And then what do you love? Right? Part of I believe creating a good, like a purpose, and this will always evolve. It's not something that once you discover it, it's like, that's it, you're stuck with that purpose. This can grow and grow, but write down the things that really light you up because when you start to discover what you're passionate about, that gives you internal motivation, right? And once you discover that purpose, you can start setting goals based on that. Then you go to, you know, what is your calling? right? Are there things that people say, you know, you maybe you'd be great at a coach, you'd be great as a counselor, Um, you know, whatever that is, it could be a stay at home parent, right? Maybe you didn't have you didn't have that when you were younger, and you want to give that to your children. So write down all of that kind of stuff. Like what could you get paid for even author, right? I never thought that I could be an author. um, But I did it Um, a blogger, you know, all that kind of stuff. And last but not least, what does the world need more of? Because let's be honest, when you're other people centered, you end up getting so much more back, right? And I think those of us who are sober can really relate to that. And then look at that stuff, put it out in front of you and start to kind of highlight the stuff that aligns, right? All the, all the things that really resonate with you. And you'll probably get a really good sense of the direction that you want to go in. That's a super, super easy exercise to do.
1: You know i i like how you're saying you're you're making an inventory basically right and you're asking for this feedback we just did an episode with christina dennis about how to take feedback from people right because feedback is so important like Mm -hmm. i might have an idea of something that i believe i'm world class in but when i talk with 10 or 15 people maybe not so much right maybe i don't come across as that person right so i i love this idea of being able to kind of work this out And what you're saying really is it's a process. It's not just all of a sudden this massive, I'm going to quit my job, move out of my house, move towns. It doesn't have to be so dramatic, right? Mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And I think we tend to make things a bigger deal than they are and keep it simple, right? Because- you may have this little spark like I did, where I thought, you know, I looked at what I was good at and what my friends had said about me. They're like, you're so great at holding people accountable or motivating and being their biggest cheerleader. I could write, right? I could get paid to do coaching. And I, that's how I put all that together, right? And what does the world need more of? Well, I think the world needs more people like, you know, yourself, um, myself, working with people in recovery, helping them create a life so good for themselves that they never want to go back to their old way of living.
1: Yeah, you know, and I, you know, one one of the things that I found, um, just, you know, you learn a lot by just staying sober, just the pure fact that you just don't, you know, you stay sober, and you do the deal, you do the work. And, and I think that there's a lot of confusion with purpose tomorrow. I mean, I think that, Many people feel that they're going to find a purpose, then all of a sudden they're going to become a celebrity, that they have to, like we said, make these drastic changes. And, and I find that it's really just about clear thinking, which is most of emotional recovery. It's clear thinking. It's the ability to really slow down and find out what's important. You know, Because I have friends that you know, their, their passion and purpose in life is traveling or a sport or something that they really enjoy doing, they're never really gonna be able to monetize it. Mm-hmm. They're not interested in monetizing it. And they like what they do for a living, but it's a means for them to be able to do the other thing. Yeah. Right. And and that's just fine. Not not everybody has to, uh, not everybody has to make the next big company to to be happy. Not and not everybody's gonna be happy with with, with doing it that way, right?
0: Right. And that's the thing. That's why I said, even it could be as simple as wanting to be a stay at home parent and give your, your children that life that, you know, maybe you didn't get yourself and, you know, don't get hung up on the career thing, because I think the whole thing and what purpose has really given me is in all honesty, I love, and my friends make fun of me today for this. I go to bed early, right? When, when it starts to be like 7 30 PM, I'm like, Hey guys, I gotta go. Like, I gotta start reading. I got my evening routine. I honestly can't wait to go to bed at night. And I still, as an entrepreneur, get up super early because I love what I do, whether that's writing, whether that's something that's, you know, in, in, that has to do with my business or not. I get really pumped to wake up in the morning, right? And some people will stick with their job because they love it, but doing something for yourself that's purpose-driven, that just gives you that extra fuel and fire. And you know what, it builds resilience.
1: I love that because it is about resilience, right? If you're going to work towards things and, you know, look, I, I, I think people that, that can regain long-term sobriety are superheroes, it's very difficult to do. And when you look at it, you know, we were in a clubhouse room today and somebody said, Hey, when you look at the numbers of the people that go to rehabs and 12 step programs and the people that are able to get a year, five years, 10 years, 20 years, it's a very small percentage of people, Right. Mm-hmm. So you have to be resilient to be able to do that. And, you know, you have to be able to live with being uncomfortable. But I think one of the things I want to ask you about, because I, I, I see this a lot, is that people get stuck. So they, they're they sober, right? They are sober, 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 and they've done the work and they now kind of know, hey, my passion is, you know, working with kids. I want to go into a new career. I want to do whatever. But they are stuck. they're immobilized and afraid to make any kind of move. And listen, there might be people that are listening to this right now. They're like, "Hey, Damon's talking about me. Uh, you know, I've had the idea of what I want to do for years now. I'm sober. I, I know I can do it, but I'm just afraid to make those first couple moves. What's your advice to somebody that's in that situation tomorrow?
0: So first of all, a lot of us procrastinate, right? And oftentimes we have to look at it like, is that a fear? It could be that fear of failure because having a growth mindset, and that's something else that I teach and talk about is often people think that having a growth mindset means the willingness to try something new, right? Like I'm willing to grow, I'm willing to learn. But what that actually comes down to is your ability to try something new, knowing that you might fail, right? Because failure is an opportunity. Let's be honest. I mean, I have, I, you know, if you looked at my perceived failures in life there, it's massive, but also that's been opportunities that's led me exactly to the person who I am today, right? Which has been an absolute gift, gift. And oftentimes it's fear of success, right? We tend to make things much bigger than they are. And we look at, it, it's like, ooh, I'd like to try this, but what if I become famous, <laughs> right? So I think we always have to kind of bring it back and realize why we're doing this, right? This gives us a reason for being, this gives us a reason to wake up in the morning. And we just have to really just embrace, I think the the process, because like you said, right? Resilience, it creates resilience. And so, you know, for anybody who's struggling with this, really do that exercise, that ikigai concept that I told you about, start to really look at it and go, okay, what are some things that people who are doing this do daily, right? And start to create a list of habits for yourself and start with one at a time, right? Because our brain takes things in, incremental steps. It's easier for us to catch up than the all in mentality. And I think that's what we think we have to do sometimes and we don't. So it's just doing one thing every day, you know, that will basically move the dial forward that'll get you moving in the right direction. And before you know it, you start to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And I think that's the point in my life that I've reached now is I'm riding this wave of just dis- like completely out of my comfort zone and it feels incredible. Like that almost becomes an addiction in and of itself.
1: I, I you, you know, you have so um, targeted in and nailed exactly the the key to success with this growth mindset. Because I've found that if you really want to live your best recovered life, if you really want to play full out, and this is what I talk about all the time, about playing full out, if you really want to do that, most of your life is going to be in a sense of uncomfortableness. Mm -hmm. But what I found is by not playing full out, it was much more uncomfortable in the long term. Yep. Right. And I love how you talk about you're an early riser, you up, you do, you know, I, I was laughing because I, I told a friend the other day I programmed my uh, my Google so that I could w- when I wake up in the morning I say a command and it reads back and it keeps me front of mind why I'm doing what I'm doing right. Mm-hmm. It tells me, look, these are your world class skills. This is what you do. This is why you're here. This is why you know. And what it does is, you know, I, I feel that so many um, so many people that survive addiction we're good chameleons. We can make it anywhere. Right. But sometimes when we stop and we really listen to say like, what do I want? And you know that it's there. It's just that living in this uncomfortableness. And I mean, wouldn't you say tomorrow, like, look, if, if people that are recovered from an addiction, they know what uncomfortableness is.
0: Oh, I mean, we've sat in it for so long, but I think that's something else, you know, give yourself grace if this is something you're struggling with is that all these old habits that we had built up over our lives, we didn't do that overnight. And so what we tend to do is when we try something new and all of a sudden it's like, oh, this is a little scary, we revert back and we go back into those, you know, what we call character defects, our protective mechanisms. And so we can slowly start to shift those things, right? By saying, okay, no, these voices, you you be quiet. You can stay back there i'm going to keep moving forward right because we have to understand that i think that that's going to pop up just because we you know we've got this full on momentum and things are going great doesn't mean that the voices are going to tell us hey are you sure you should be doing this it's like tell them hell yes
1: <laughs> i love that because you know as you know helping prevent relapse and also just helping prevent unhappiness yeah and and i think that's the key it's like unhappiness leads to relapse. Right. I mean, don't you see that? Like you, you, you know, and this is the exciting thing about what you do is, and I'd I'd love for you to go into this just a little bit here about, about coaching and working with other people and stuff about how you create that change. Because I think so many people are just scared of like, Hey, I'm going to get a coach. They're going to push every single one of my buttons. I'm going to go off the deep end And this is going to be horrible and i found that that's not the case
0: yeah and i have two coaches right that i work with i mean when i finally realize that hey i'm worth investing in because that's something we don't do enough of right i mean we're not in this journey alone and i think most of us know that but when you hire a coach, so what I do with my clients is I take them through this journey, right? And it's really helping them rewire their brain, right? Because the opposite of relapse is recover, right? We need to recover. And so, you know, learning your purpose, your values, right? That's kind of the first step, because that gives you more clarity, that gives you direction. And When you learn that, when you create goals that align with your purpose and values, now all of a sudden you're motivated from within, right? Instead of all these external factors, because we tend to set goals, let's be honest, that my partner probably thinks I need to lose 40 pounds, so I'm going to, you know, hit the gym and lose 40 pounds this year kind of thing, right? Well, that's not going to keep us going because that's external. So we got to go within first. And then we start to work on changing your belief system. So like that belief revision. And a lot of us in recovery, we already experienced the science of belief revision, which is, you know, listening to other people's stories, right, hearing that hope, that message, and thinking, oh, maybe maybe I can change, right? So we're gonna teach you how to do that, except in a much bigger way. And then that mindset we talked about, right, getting rid of the voices, Being able to take steps forward without, um, fearing failure and actually embracing it and go, okay, if I mess this up, I know exactly what not to do, right? And then getting into emotional, emotional intelligence, intelligence you know, tapping into that emotional awareness and learning how to respond rather than react. And I'm sure, you know, if you're with someone, you have a spouse, they will likely appreciate it. I know mine has. And then priming your brain, right? Getting into your subconscious mind. How do we selectively attend to something that's important to us? Um, And then from there, we go into the actual brain, brain health, right? How to actually literally rewire it. And that's the journey. And at the end of that, what you gain is that resilience, right? So that it doesn't matter how hard life gets, you're going to be able to get through it.
1: Tamar Medford, this has been an amazing and inspiring episode of the Recovered Life Show. I'd like to thank you so much for coming on today. Guys, if you want to hear more about Uh, what Tamar has going on. I'm going to leave a link to her Recovered Life profile so you can find out everything about her there and you can connect with her on all of her social channels. Tamar, thank you so much for coming and sharing your wisdom with us on The Recovered Life Show.
0: Thank you so much for having me.